I want to welcome all those tuning in online. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, everybody in the theater, thanks for coming. Um, I'm excited for this series that we're going to be kicking off this month. You know, there's I, I love what we do as a church, as a grow, as we go through series, and I take an idea, and we kind of walk through it for a month or two at a time. Um, and so today we're going to start a series off of uh, uh, called Head, Not Tail, and it comes from Deuteronomy 28. And we'll be talking through that and working through that. Um, but, but here's the thing. Here's the main idea of the whole of the whole series, all right? Um, my, my heart for 2019 is that we would, we would succeed, that we would finish strong. And the idea is, um, what would it look like if we ended the year as the head, not the tail? Um, what would it look like if we, if we, you know, a lot of people start things well, uh, but they don't always finish well. What would it look like instead of just starting well and starting some new resolutions and starting some things off right, starting some new habits, what if we ended strong? So not just start strong, but end strong. What would that look like and what will that take? And so for the next month, we're going to talk about that. What are some of the things that it's going to take for us to do that? Because here's what I know. Um, the person that wins the war, the person that wins the year is the person that ends with the resources. Um, and if you don't have the resources, you, you, don't, you can't win. So whether that's financial, uh, whether that's the, whether it's time, whether it's relationships, whether it's the ability to, to manage yourself, um, the resources of that, of self-control and self-management. Um, if you can't, if you can't, if you run out of resources, you won't win the, win the, win the year. You won't win the battle. Um, and so we want to be able to say, what would that look like? What do we need to do this to be able to win um, even the ability to, to, to think straight? Because, you know, our emotions, they can actually cause us not to be able to think correctly uh, because it can be overwhelming. And so um, if, if I knew this, this side, I know if I was the enemy and I was trying to beat you, um, I wouldn't have to just overwhelm you with one thing. It would just be a slow um, depletion of your resources. Um, I would either try to stop what you have or your ability to use them or eventually just get them, take them away from you. And if I, could, if I was the enemy and I took away the resources from you, I would win the battle. I would win the war. Um, and so we, it's the same principle in life. It's, it's the one with the resources is going to win. And so in our relationships and in, in the way we handle things, we have to learn to manage these well. Because um, here's, here's what I know, and the Bible is very clear on this, that God, he wants you to win. He wants you to win 2019. He wants you to win in life. He wants you to win in relationships. He wants you to win in every aspect of your life. Like his heart is for us to win. He wants you to win. Um, and he wants to be able to provide and help you with the resources you need to win. As we go through this series, we're going to build, we're going to build a, off, of, off of the promise in Deuteronomy 28, where God says, I want to make you the head, not the tail. And we're going to read that in a second. But it's God's invitation to say, I want you to, I want you to be blessed. I don't want you to be cursed. But the choice it is yours, and it's all about a choice because the truth is it's a choice. Uh, so 2019, whether you end as the head or the tail, is because of the choices you made. And, and um, let, me, let me read this, and, and let me show you. In Deuteronomy 28, you saw some on the video, but I'm going to go a little more into that chapter. It says this, Now it shall be, if you diligently listen and obey. Notice the if. There's a lot of ifs in this passage, which means it's a promise to us, but it's a conditional promise, which means if you do certain things, you'll see certain results. And if you ignore those things, you'll also see other results. And so he says, if you diligently listen and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commands, which I am commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. All of these blessings will come upon you, and they will overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of your Lord, the Lord your God. And so he's saying, if you, if you, if you do these things, you're going to see success. You're going you're gonna to find these things. And he goes on and says, here's the, here's the blessings you can expect when you follow God's lead. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. How many of you guys want that for 2019? That whether you're working with the city, whether you're in the field, you find blessings, right? He goes on and says, the offspring of your body... Um, and the produce of your ground and the offsprings of your animals and the offsprings of your herd and the young of your flock, they will be blessed. Uh, your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. 2019 could be a year of blessings wherever we go, wherever we find ourselves. He says this, the Lord will cause the enemy who, 
come, uh, cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you in one way, but they're going to flee seven other ways. Uh, the Lord will command the blessings upon you in the storehouse and in that in all that you undertake and he will bless you in the land which the lord your god gives you so what are those different areas he's going to lead you in he's going to bless you in those areas the storehouse i think i think of that as like a bank account how many of you need some blessings in your bank account right anybody yeah all right raise your hand man i'm praying that god's going to bless you in your bank account because the lord's going to establish you as the people holy which means set apart to himself just as he's sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the lord your god and walk that is, if you live your life each and every day in his ways. And he goes on and says this. So all the people of the earth will see that you are called by my name, the Lord, called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord, they'll see something different in you. The Lord will give you great prosperity in your, in your offsprings, in your body, in the offspring of your livestock, and the produce of your ground, in the, life, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And he goes on and says this. The Lord will open, up, open for you his good treasure house, the heavens, to give rains to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And will lend, you'll lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. How about in work? You need some, some favor there, right? Some, some blessings. Even in the workplace, God will bless you. The Lord will make you the head, that's the leader, and not the tail, the follower. So God wants to make you the head, not the tail. And you'll be above only and you'll never be beneath if... You listen and pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today to observe them carefully. Do not turn aside from any of these words, which I'm commanding you today, not to the right or to the left, but to, uh, or to follow and serve other gods. So he's saying if you do these things, and then right after this verse, we'll, we'll, we'll read in the next couple of weeks, is there's, a, there's a, a but that follows that. He says but, and it's a really big but because that changes the whole dynamic and says, so here's the blessings. But if you don't, there's, there's the results of not following God, following your own way, doing your own thing. And God is, through Moses, is challenging us. So the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is, is the last book Moses writes. And um, the, the, the people are about to go into the promised land and Moses is dying. Um, and so he's teaching the next generation all the promises of God. So he repeats all the stories in Deuteronomy of what just took place, the other, other books, the first books of the Bible. He's repeating it and he's saying, here's what God wants you to do. And he's saying, you have a choice. God is setting before you blessings or curses. The choice is yours. What you do with it is up to you. But here's the results. If you choose God, if his ways, you're going to find blessings because his, his way always leads to more than we ever thought. And But if we choose our own way, you can expect the results not to be so good. Uh, they're going to be disastrous because our choices will mislead us um, and they'll take us the wrong way. So if, if we're going to be the head and not the tail in 2019 and we look forward, that's good. But maybe, maybe before we go forward, we need to go backwards. And I, I guess the question I need to ask is, in 2018, were you the head or were you the tail? When it came to your finances, you know, we'll start externally. It's easy to look on the external stuff. Um, you could tell very quickly if you're the head or tail by just looking at your bank account, uh, looking at your, your credit card bills, right? Like, w- what happened in 2008? Uh, did you end in front of your finances, or does it feel like you're still trying to catch up from the year? If you're the head, you can see it. You were ahead of it. You made the decisions. Um, you ended strong. If you're the tail, you're, like, still trying to catch up, and you're still trying to follow those. Um, relationally. Um, in, if you're married or if you're in a relationship with your kids or other people, are you stronger? Are you better? Or are those people, are there people from last year you're trying to avoid? Um, are you, are you being drugged around like in marriage? Does it feel like you're leading and growing in that relationship or does it kind of feel like you're just being drugged around, really not sure of anything that's going on? Well, you're the head of the tail. When it comes to your spiritual health, spiritually, 2018, did you grow? Did you, did you know, learn more about God's purposes for your life? Did you, um, was um, reading the Bible important? Was praying a, a consistent habit in your life? 
Uh, was attending church a priority? Like you can look back over your year and say, how much did I, did I put God first in my life? Um, was I the head or was I the tail in that area? Uh, physically, did you meet your goals that you set last year? Like are you better physically? Did you conquer those things? Um, did, you, did you get to the place where you, you're feeling better? Or is there more issues than there were before? Are you still struggling with different addictions, different habits that are keeping you back from God's best in your life? Uh, mentally, did you learn? Did you grow? Were you challenged? Um, did you feel like you improved in those areas? Or were, were you, um, the way you think, that your thought process, did you end strong or is it more negative? And then emotionally, notice how we went from the outside into the inside. And emotionally, how was your year in 2018? Um, were you led by your emotions or did you make choices despite what you felt? Like wise, healthy choices. So did you um, have outbursts of words or anger that you're still trying to clean up? And so you're following behind that. Or were you ahead of that and said, you know, instead of getting angry at this and saying something dumb, I'm going to process what I'm going to say and I'm going to make the right decision. Um, so the question is, in 2018, in these different areas of our life, um, did, were you the head or were you the tail? Um, if you were the head, great. Let's repeat that for 2019. Let's figure out ways to even be stronger in those areas. But if you're the tail, why? And here's the question you really have to ask yourself. Why were you the tail in these areas? Why are you trying to catch up with all these things rather than being ahead of it? Because um, if you can get awareness and self-awareness in these areas, that's where you'll finally begin to make wise choices. See, the problem why a lot of people don't improve is because they can't even pinpoint and say, this is why I'm not healthy in these areas. Um, because they, have, they don't have the maturity. Uh, they don't have the ability to, to get better um, because maybe they ignore what's being said on, on, in their body or in the inside or uh, the emotions, the things that come in that. Um, so a lot of people start strong, but very few finish strong. 2019 could be a great year. We could finish strong if we will say, all right, what, what is it that um, I'm supposed to accomplish? What is it God wants me to do so that I can grow in all these areas, that I could be the head, not the tail? Because here's the truth. Being the head is the results of choices that we make, and being the tail is the results of choices we make. So the choice is yours. The choice is mine. 2019, are you going to be the head or are you going to be the tail? Are you going to get ahead of things or are you going to follow behind? Um, are you going to reach your goals? Are you going to improve? Or are you, you going to just maybe be like another year like, man, I'm glad the year's over. Let's go on to the next one. Or maybe worse yet, you're like the guy that's like, what? I have to do this over again? Like a new year? Like the whole last one was horrible. I don't want another one. Um, you, you have to begin to make these choices of saying, I, I'm going to make choices that I'll be in front of, not have to follow behind and clean up and figure it out as I go, but I'll be in front of it. So what would it look like to be front-end people, not back-end people? What would it look like for, for you in your life to be saying, I'm going to be the front-end front front people, not a back-end person? Um, so one of, the start, one of the ways to start is, is maybe thinking more before you act upon things. Don't let just your emotions rule. Because uh, my hope is this, as we go through the series, as we plan for 2019, that you would win the year. My, my hope is that you would win the year, that 2019 would be the best year of your life. And really it can be. It doesn't mean everything is easy and everything goes perfect. It just means that through it all, you're going to get better. You're going to get stronger. Even through difficulties, you're going to be able to overcome. Like he says, even when those hardships come, they come at you one way, but they're going to fly away in seven different directions. It's figuring out, say, God, how can I put that ahead of you? Here's the thing we say all the time is... Um, Healthy people, they do healthy things. Uh, healthy people do healthy things. The reason they're healthy is because they're doing healthy things. And in our life, uh, as, as 2019, with those different areas of our life, what, what would it look like to be healthy in those areas? Um, and really, when it comes to being the head, not the tail, it's people that are ahead, they figure out how to, do God's, how to do it God's way so they have the results God says we will have. 
When we follow his ways, when it comes to finances, when it comes to family, when it comes to uh, even our health, um, there, there's things he points out throughout the Bible over and over and says, I want you to be healthy. See, because we think of spiritual health and spirituality as a Sunday morning. Like, that's a separate part of my life. No, your spiritual health is affected by all these other areas of life. Like, if you want to be close to God, you want to figure his purpose in your life, well, the way you handle relationships, that affects it. Um, the way you handle finances, that affects your relationship with God. One big thing that a lot of people don't realize is even the way you handle emotions affects how we, how we handle God. And I would say this, that every kind of growth in your life, whatever the area that is, um, it'll, it'll never grow too far beyond your emotional health. So if you're immature emotionally in areas, it'll, it'll bleed into your, your spiritual health, into your physical health, into your relational health. Um, so today we're going to talk about that. Before we go externally, we're going to go internally. Um, and so a big part of our... Um, a big part of our struggle is who's going who's gonna to control our choices when it comes internally. Is it my, my body, my flesh, all the things, the desires I want? Is it going to be my emotions? Or am I going to begin to say, God, help me on this journey where I can say no to those things and yes to what you have to do, say so that I can follow your ways? Let me give you a picture of an iceberg. This is kind of how it is. When it comes to emotions, when it comes to our life, um, you know, if you look at an iceberg in the, in the ocean, you know, from the top, you only see a small, small percentage. In fact, somewhere between 80 and 90 percent, um, of the iceberg is actually beneath the surface. This is kind of how life is. And this is why it's so important not to miss today because um, a big part of our life is actually internally. And over and over the scriptures say, hey, don't, don't just focus on the outside. God is not just concerned with the outside. He's concerned on the inside. He's concerned with the heart. He's concerned with the choices you're making. And this is how our life looks. So a lot of the issues in your life, you would try to fix externally what everybody can see. But the truth is a lot of those have to be fixed internally. There's something inside, deeper inside. Um, and one of those resources that, that you need to have through 2019 is the ability to manage yourself. Uh, the Bible calls it self-control, uh, that you don't just have an outburst of anger um, that's, that's triggered by the thought, but you would be able to think through that, that what you're going to say before you, before you say it. Um, so so you're, um, you're not having to, to catch up on your emotions, right? Backside people, when it comes to emotions, they let the emotions lead, and they're like, oh, wow. Now that's going to be a really big bill. Or, wow, now that's going to be a relationship that's strained. That's going to be something that's hurt. Um, and here's the thing. Um, every single one of us, myself included, there are things that I need to mature in when it comes to emotions. Um, I, sometimes people say something to me, and it's like, you know, it cuts deep, and it, like it's under my skin. And I have to ask the question, like, why does that matter so much? Like, at the end of the day, that person's opinion really, really shouldn't affect me that much. But why is it affecting me? Well, because that, that area of my life, there's something that has to be that I need to mature in. And sometimes the fact that that happens is actually a good thing because now I can be aware of it and I can figure out why exactly is that happening so I can move beyond it. And what happens, I think, a lot of times in, in our culture, in our world, is we ignore, we suppress, we try to stop the emotions because we think, like, that's not that important. It's the external stuff. Like, hey, let's just pretend we have it all together. You know, um, we fought all the way to church, but when we get here, it's like, hey, we're, we're good, right? Hey, let's be smiley. My, this is my story today, if I can be honest, right? Um, didn't sleep very good. Um, when I don't sleep very good, I'm a little more edgy. I'm a little more uh, direct and sharp and not fun to be around. Babies are like this, right? When babies don't sleep. What happens? Man, they cry and cry, and you can't get them to stop because they're overtired and they can't sleep. Um, we're all like that. You might not be crying and fussing, but when you're overtired, where you're not healthy in that area, uh, you, you come across as, as a jerk, right? We all do. Um, and so it's it's... It's us saying, what, what, what if I lived in life intentionally and said, I need, I need to be aware of what's going on inside of me. It can't just be the external stuff, but it has to be the internal. What's going on here? See, because you, you choose to be the head or you choose to be the tail. Kind of like the college student that was taking an exam. 
and uh, didn't really know anything on the test. Like, man, I, I didn't study for this. I don't know what to do. So he pulls out a coin, right? And he begins to flip like, all right, heads A and checks it. And he goes through the whole test. And 30 minutes later, he's done. And he's like, oh, wow, that was too fast. Because everybody else is still going. She's like, well, I guess I got to check my work. So he goes back to the top and he begins to flip the coin. And the answers aren't matching up. And he's thinking, oh, man, I'm really in trouble now. And so he keeps going, keeps going. And that changes the answers and after the fifth or sixth time everybody else is done with the test and an hour later the professor's like um do you need help like what's going on he says well my answers keep coming out different every time like what are you talking about like i just keep flipping this coin i keep getting a different answer i I can't stop this thing i think you know maybe that's not so funny but sometimes people approach life like that it's a flip of the coin like um maybe this year will be good maybe it won't heads gonna be good tails not so good Right. And we approach life like just by chance, by maybe something will happen. Maybe something will change. Um, And when you approach life like that, you're going to be the tail. You're going to find yourself on the tail end a lot more because you're not intentionally saying I need to be to make these choices um, in the way that's going to going to help me be ahead of things, not behind things. Um, So healthy people, they do healthy things. Um, A healthy part of that is saying I need to be healthy emotionally. I need to be healthy spiritually. I need to be healthy mentally. Um, And emotions and the mind, they're really they tie together a lot. And saying, I'm going to control these things. So it's, it's kind of like this. You can be the front end smart or you could be the back end dumb. Uh, the choice is yours. Like that's smart people and wise people. They choose the front end. Um, foolish people, they choose the back end. This is what it says in, in Proverbs. Proverbs 29:11 says, the fool, they vent their anger. Like they just let it all out. They're feeling whatever they're feeling. They just say whatever they're feeling. They let it out on people. But a wise person quietly holds back. It's our ability to to manage ourselves. The Bible calls it self-control. It's like you're able to contain your emotions, contain yourself, and, and not let it explode. Like you're able to say, all right, I need to think about what I'm about to say so it doesn't mess me up in the future. Um, and so, the, so the Bible said you have to learn to choose through wisdom, not through emotion. Uh, emotions aren't bad in themselves, but when we let them lead, they can mislead us, misguide us, get us in the wrong place. Proverbs 25, 28 says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Can you see the picture there? When you can't control, when, when you're living by emotions, you're letting them dictate you, your life is a broken down city. When the walls are broken down and, and the enemy comes in and takes all the resources from you. In fact, that's exactly what happens to us emotionally when we don't take care of ourselves, uh, take care of our, 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 our self emotionally, the health of our, our emotions. Um, in the 90s, there was a book that came out called Emotional Intelligence. Um, and, and really the studies showed and said um, that emotional intelligence, the person that's, that's mature emotionally and healthy emotionally, um, that's a better predictor of success than even IQ. So it's called EQ or EI, emotional intelligence. And they said that's a better predictor when it comes to job performance, when it comes to family, all these things, is a person that's healthy emotionally will do better in life than just even somebody that's smart. And it's a, it's a big factor in it. Um, recently, another book came out, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, talks more about that. Some great resources there. I read a book a while back uh, called um, um, uh, Spiritually, um, I have it right here. I forgot the name. The Emotionally Healthy Church, um, and, and another book called Emotionally Healthy Leader. And, and really he says his whole thing is as, as, as people, uh, we'll only be able to mature in areas like spirituality to the level of our emotional maturity. And so we have a lot of people who are immature in the emotions. They don't know how to interact. They don't know how to control themselves. They don't know how to – they're not even aware of it in some cases, and that limits them. Now his story is that he's a pastor from New York. He was a pastor for years, like 15 years or so, and there's a point in his life where he had these things that happened and, and had burnout and depression, and he, and he realized in, in this journey that he, he had been focusing on all the externals, but on the inside, he had never healed and let God work on the deep parts of his life. And so when he would get angry, his, his anger would cause him to have these outbursts, 
and it would ruin relationships to one point where his wife says, I'm not going to your church anymore. It's not a good thing, right? You're the pastor and your wife's like, I'm not going there. And, and he said it was just, it was horrible. But in that journey, it was actually really good for him because he figured out what was going on. And what happened is he thought the externals are more important than the internals. And he can never mature. He can never get beyond what his emotional maturity was. It's so important. And research is showing this over and over. If we, if we learn, like, what's going on inside of us, we need to figure this out. So, like, one of the books I was, I was reading, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, there's some tools you can have when it comes to being emotionally healthy, like just learning to breathe right. That's a big factor in being able to calm and, and, and make right choices. Um, create uh, an emotion versus reason list, kind of like have this, this value system of saying, all right, I'm going to make these choices. I'm not going to make these choices. This is the values I have. I shouldn't give in to those things. Uh, make your goals public. Let people in your life know that you're trying to accomplish specific things. That'll help you be more emotionally intelligent. Uh, counting to 10. I think you learned this in kindergarten, right? When you're angry, um, you stop and you count to 10, right? So if you're in a meeting and there's somebody in your, in, the, in, in, in your office that's always saying something really dumb that just makes you mad and causes you to say something dumb, well, you need to learn to count to 10. It's a good practice. Just to calm down before you say anything, count to 10. Maybe that's kind of like, well, maybe a different tool. Do you take a, a bottle of water or Coke with you in those meetings and you always have it there so that when they say something dumb, instead of reacting, you just pick up that water and you drink it real slow, Right? And when everybody's waiting for you to respond, you're able to calm down and make it better. Somebody who's emotionally intelligent can stop themselves from just bursting out and saying it. Uh, sleep on it. Instead of just going into making a decision right away, maybe sometimes you just need to take a night and sleep and say, I'm going to think about this over the night and I'll, I'll decide tomorrow. That's emotional intelligence. Talk to a skilled self-manager. Somebody who's really good at, at, at being emotionally healthy, ask them questions. Uh, smile and laugh more. A couple weeks we'll talk about this, why it's so important to smile and laugh uh, the researchers did this study where they asked the participants to read this um, this book that kind of was kind of funny, and uh, they they had the the participants put the pencil in their teeth like this and bite on it with their teeth. And what what that motion in your face does is it forces you to use the same muscles you smile. So they thought the book was really funny and they got a lot out of it. Well, the second group of participants they had them put it in their lips and purse their lips together and hold that that pen or pencil in their lips and that that position, you can't smile. And so you're very serious and, and in some cases even maybe more sad. And so when they read the book, it was a totally different outcome. In life, the way we approach life, if we're not healthy emotionally, there'll be different outcomes in our life because of it. Um, set a time for problem solving. Uh, take control of your, your self-talk. Uh, visualize yourself succeeding. Uh, clean up your sleep hygiene. Uh, this is the one I'm going to kind of camp out for a little while is uh, when it comes to emotions, a big part uh, of, of why we have a hard time controlling our emotions is because we're not very well-rested people. Uh, we go and we go and we go and we don't stop. And, and that actually drains on us. Um, and and we, we let the emotions lead us because we don't have the ability actually to stop. Uh, there's a couple of different um, um, research projects they did with some kids and they told the kids all right here's here's the they brought all these kids in a room 67 of them and they said um here's cookies for some of you and here's radish for the other ones of you um and and they told one group to eat and they're they're trying to test them see their ability to to have delayed gratification and, and wait and so uh they, they tested and what they did is the first test well it really wasn't the test it was the next test but they 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 put these kids in this horrible situation where they had to choose between, you know, not, not, not eating something or eating something good or eating something not so good, like uh, radish. And, and the kids that were forced to eat the radish, um, they gave them another test after. And every kid that ate radish, after the, when they were working on this test that was really hard, they gave up right away. They couldn't, even do, they couldn't even do the test. They were so upset and so mad. And the kids that ate the cookie that didn't have to use any self-restraint or any kind of self-control, they were able to stay on the next test for a really long time. 
because they still had the ability to push through, if that makes sense. Uh, another test they did was marshmallows. Um, they gave these students, these kids, they, they said, if you eat the marshmallow, you can have one now, or if you wait 20 minutes, I'll give you two marshmallows. Um, and so they put these kids in this room all by themselves and with the temptation of one marshmallow there, or they could wait and the, the, profess, the person would come back in and give them two marshmallows. And so they did this test, and, and some of the kids, they passed, and they would pass different ways by walking around, one putting their head down, um, doing different singing songs, figuring out ways to t- pass the time to not be tempted with it. They came back years later, and they found that the kids who were able to say, you know what, I'm going to wait for 20 minutes so I could have two, they actually performed really good in life later on because they, were, they had the ability to be able to say no to things that are, that are right in front of them. So they were able to delay gratification. And they found that those people were, were more successful in business and in family and life because they were able to have that ability to say, no, I'm not going to just let my, my desire lead the way. I'm going to say no to something now so I can have something better later on. And what they found is, is our, the resources that we have inside of us, um, the different chemicals, they, they get depleted. So your ability to say no to something, your patience, it's an it's exhaustible resource. So the more you use something to say no, 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 eventually you're going to get to a place you can't say no. You can't, you can't even think straight completely because you've depleted yourself of these resources inside of yourself. And so one of the ways to do that is to be aware of it, but then also to stay ahead of it. So you don't get, become a backside person where you burned up all these resources inside of you, but you become a frontside person that, that, that uh, is always aware of that. Paul gives us an example of this in Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Uh, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So he's saying, so anger is not a sin. It's an emotion that we have. And in some cases, it can be really good for us because it can get us to do the right thing. But he's saying in this case, in your anger, it's not the anger you feel at sin. It's what you do after that sin. So he says, in your anger, don't let it lead you to sin. And then don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So he's saying is learn to be emotionally healthy. Learn to be able to manage your emotions. Learn to figure out what's causing that. And when he says the sun go down, you're still, still angry. What he's saying is don't let the day end. So in the, in the Jewish uh, worldview, uh, the day starts at sundown, right? And it ends right at the sunset. So uh, when the sun is setting, that's the end of the day. So new day is starting. And so he's saying essentially don't even end your day angry. Because so what happens if you end your day angry, what happens is you start your next day angry. So the sun goes down, you're still angry, you're already angry the next day. They say if you do that, you're going to give a, a foothold to the enemy. He's going to deplete you of resources that you should have. Um, in Genesis 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, light was good. Separated the darkness from the light. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And then notice what he says here. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So notice how he says the day starts in the evening, not in the morning. So he's saying when he's separating the day, he's saying there was evening and there was morning. So your day tomorrow, it starts at sundown. Your day starts before that. And what's great about this is essentially I believe what God is saying is learn to start your day with rest. Learn to be a front-end person that says I'm going to start preparing for the next day by resting, by preparing myself. I'm not going to be a backside person that's always trying to catch up on sleep, but I'm going to learn to be a frontside person that, that, that honors that and respects that and, and gets it. Um, it's, it's like... It's like God understood how we're made, and he says, if you live this way, you're going to be healthy. You see, what part of our problem is in our culture, we have these screens that are in front of us all the time. And, and the, the reason I say the problem is because the screen gives us blue light, the screens that we watch. There's, there's a blue light. And what happens is, is the sun, when it's coming up in the morning, guess what kind of wavelengths it produces? Blue light. And when it's starting to set, it begins to produce orange and red uh, uh, um, uh, light. 
which tells our body, hey, it's about time to go to sleep, so our body begins to produce melatonin so we can get tired to go to bed. Well, when you have a blue screen in front of you, what you're telling your body is, hey, wake up, it's morning. Hey, wake up, it's morning. Hey, Facebook, oh, it's morning. And your mind is, is confused because you're thinking, your, your, your brain is thinking, I need to be up longer, I need to be up longer. And so you have people that stay up really late. There was um, uh, they, they did, a lady doing research on, on uh, diabetes around the world, and she, there were some parts of Africa that diabetes was non-existent, nowhere. And she began to try to figure out why exactly did these people have it and these, these, this culture does it. What's going on here? Is it culturally? What's going on? And she brought up this picture of, of, the, of the globe at night. And she noticed that all the places that had the brightest lights at night were the places that had a lot of diabetes. And the ones that villages that had no lights at night, like those different parts, that, that's where it was non-existent. And her conclusion was uh, because of tech, tech, technology, electricity, uh, we were staying up later. We were eating later. Um, we were, you were, we were sleeping less. All these different things were contributing to the, to the, a higher rise of diabetes. And so the, our bodies weren't designed to, to do that. They weren't designed to, to eat really late. They weren't designed to be up all the, all the time. Um, there's a, the way God designed us. And so the reason I'm saying this is because what happens when we don't sleep well, we get edgy, we get irritated, we get grumpy, right? And then we begin to actually miss opportunities to make wise choices because we're not thinking through the choices. We're letting the emotion and the being tired actually keep us. Our brains are foggy. They're not even as clear. Um, when I don't sleep well, I'm, I'm, I could be grumpy. I could be not a fun person to be around, and so can you. Um, and that's why it's important. So one of the things that happens in our lives is, is God made us where we have these different resources in our body, different chemicals that help us to move on, be strong. Like one of them is serotonin. Um, and here's what happens. Serotonin is, is a, it's a chemical like an endorphin. It's a natural feel-good hormone. And what happens, it replenishes during times of rest. Um, and then it fuels us for the times that we're active. Well, serotonin, it can, when it gets depleted, um, it gets depleted when you don't have a cadence and a rhythm in your life that allows it to be replenished. So I'm reading a story about a, a man who was, who was a workaholic, and he worked, 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 and he didn't sleep well. And what happened is little by little, his body kept producing less and less serotonin. Well, our body has this emergency function that if your body's low on serotonin, it actually gives you a boost to help you so you don't get sick. It's called adrenaline. And it gives you an adrenaline boost so you can continue to do something. But what happens over time is the adrenaline that it's trying to give you as an emergency, it's not a long, good long-term solution. And what it does is it tricks your body into keep overproducing to a point where it no longer will produce anything, and you'll actually crash and you'll burn. And, and in this story, this is exactly what happened. He had this depression that came over him, and he, he couldn't do anything and function at all. And what happened is his, his serotonin got so low because of his lack of rest and lack of stopping that the adrenaline was pushing, but then his body stopped producing that as good, and he, and he had this, this crash in his life. In our lives, that happens to us. In fact, his name is Wayne Cordero, and he says this, We are never more vulnerable to depression from burnout than when we are totally fatigued and overtired. So when you're fatigued and overtired, you have to be careful because you're, you're on a, a fine little place where um, – a fine line where you can begin to make poor choices because really they, the way they say it is you can't even think straight when, you're, when your body is fatigued from these different resources that we have. So if I was the enemy and I wanted to beat you, it would be really pr- kind of pretty easy. I would just get you addicted to things that keep you up all the time, and I would put things in front of you that would deplete you of these emotional resources where you're angry all the time and where you're upset and you're frustrated because what happens is as you deplete all those – you get more sick. You get there's more stress in your life. This life's not fun. You're you're taken out of the game. You're no longer able to produce and help other people add value because you're on the wrong. You're focused on the wrong thing. 
Even Jesus shows an example of how do we need to be healthy emotionally and be aware of it. Uh, Mark 6.31, it says this. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they didn't have even a chance to eat. So they were working so hard, they didn't have a chance to stop to eat. Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. See, Jesus is aware. At some point, I'm going to run out of resources, and I won't be my best. I won't be able to help as many people as I can. And he said no to something good to say yes to something better. What was he saying? Let's be front-end people. Let's be aware of what's going on so we don't deplete ourselves of resources so we can have them when we really need it. And he said he gets away, and he rests. Um, Terry Newhoff, he says this, It doesn't matter how much water you pour into a bucket if your bucket is full of holes. So I think a part of our problem is when we're back-end people is we, we deplete ourselves of resources like serotonin, having good rest. That we are, It's like our life is full of holes. So it doesn't matter how many good things happen to us. We become backside people. We're trying to catch up. And you'll know if you're a backside person when it comes to sleep because you're always saying, I'll catch up later. I'll catch up my rest later. Well, what happens is you never really catch up on your rest because there's a small window at night where your body actually rests the best. You go into REM, right? And that's where you get deepest sleep and you get really get rest. Well, there's a window that if you're staying up too late, you miss the a good chunk of that window, you're actually depleting your body of the rest it needs, and it's going to mess you up. And essentially, you put holes in your life, especially when it comes to emotions, and you're not able to make healthy choices. Uh, so here's my, here's my challenge. Let's go internally this year. Let's, let's think about this. And a great way to start a year is learning to rest well. So today, would you rest well? Would you make it, a, make it a goal to say, all right, at a certain point, I need to cut off technology so it's not, it's not keeping me up because it's making me upset. I need to cut off technology so it's not keeping my brain awake. Right? There's a certain point in your night that you should begin to cut off the blue light. Maybe open a book and read a book. Get the Bible. Read the Bible. Uh, on your phones, there's settings you could turn the blue, blue light off. That would be really good to do in the evenings. Um, you begin to say, I'm, I'm going to be aware of these things so I, can, I don't have to um, – that I can sleep on the front side, not the back side. I can get ahead of it and not always be trying to catch up. So you could choose to sleep on the back side dumb or you could sleep on the front side smart. And I would say learn to figure this out because something as little as rest actually makes a really big difference in our lives. Now, get some resources. If you find yourself that there's some emotional immaturity in you when it comes to how you handle conversations, how you talk to people, how you view life, like you need to mature and grow up in those areas because if you will, it'll affect every other part of your life. And so there's a resource I can help you if you need some resources um, and begin just to, to let God lead you. But rest well. Maybe today, don't be afraid to take a nap sometimes. Um, if, you, if your body's tired, take a nap. But, but learn to have a schedule. Healthy people, they have a certain time to go to sleep and they have a certain time to wake up. And the more consistent you are in that, the more your body will actually replenish all the things it needs to replenish. Seven to nine hours is a good window that you should be shooting for all the time. And, and it's just important. It's, it's like as you read the Bible, it's like God knows how we were made even on the inside of us. And he created us this amazing way with these chemicals that are so good for us that help us. But there's also parts of us that if we're not aware of them, we could deplete them and we're no good to anybody um, as I, I want to end service today, and as I end it, I read a verse in the beginning from Deuteronomy. And watch this verse. It says, Now it shall be, if you diligently listen and obey the voice of the Lord your God, if you do these things, and you're careful to do all the commandments which he commands us to do, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. So maybe some of you here today, and um, you're, as I talk about this, saying, following God, listening to God, uh, that's so maybe foreign to you or far from you. What I mean by that is when it comes to spirituality, you know you're far from God. Like you know you're not following his ways. You're just doing your own thing. Uh, well, the Bible is very clear. If you let God lead, there's these results that will come with it. Well, it will be a blessing to you. He'll help you get things in order. It'll, it'll, it'll help you become the head, not the tail. And there's no better way to start off a year by saying, God, I put you first. Good news, you've already done it so far. It's the first Sunday of the month. 
Um, it's the first Sunday of, of uh, first day of the week. The reason we worship on Sunday mornings is the first day of the week. We're starting off by saying, God, we put you first. Um, that's, a, that's an important step. And, and so you, you've already done it, so good job on that. But maybe you can take the next step of saying, all right, I want to ask God to be first in everything in my life. And you're here today, and maybe you're far from God. Maybe this is a new experience, and you have no idea what I'm talking about. But you sense that you're supposed to t- take a step in that direction. Um, I, would, I would love to invite you to, to do that today, that you would say, God, I'm going to make a decision that I want, I want to be the head, so I'm going to follow you. I don't want to be a backside person that's always just being dragged around by everything else in life. I want to be a frontside person that's leading the way, that's, that's ahead and in front of things. And God's promise is if you do that, if you put him first, he'll begin to make you that kind of person. And so today, would you do me a favor? Would you close our service? Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? If that's you and you're here, I would love to lead you in a prayer. It's just a prayer saying, God, I, I need your help. God, I confess that I can't do this on my own. So the Bible says that if we confess our sin, we confess our part, and we admit it and we, we fess up to that part that he responds because that, that takes humility. We let go of pride and we say, God, I can't do this on my own. That he always responds. In fact, the Bible says you confess your sins, you believe in your heart, you confess that Jesus is Lord. Like you will be saved. Like you start this journey. And no better way to start a year off by saying, God, I want to follow your lead. So being a Christian means it means I'm going to follow Jesus' example. I'm going to follow God's lead. So if you're here today and you say, that's me. I'm not going to call you the front. I'm just going to lead you right in a prayer right in your seat. But if that's you, would you do me a favor by lifting your hand and saying that's me today? I want to be the head. I want to be the tail. God, I want to start my year off by giving it all to you. Awesome. Quite a few hands. Anybody else? That's me. God, I want to, I want to follow your lead. I want to be a front side person. Awesome. For all you that raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you're a Christ follower today, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? And just uh, repeat, repeat this prayer with me. And say this. Say, Father God, today... I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my past, for my choices that have led me away from you. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place to give me a way back home. I put my trust in you. I start my year off by inviting you to be my God. Would you lead me today? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate all those that prayed that prayer. So good.